And welcome back, Mr. Ross DeBell. How you doing? How was your week? Man, it was a great week as always. Thanks for thanks for letting me do this again. Well, letting you do this, man. We're both yeah. waking up. I, I put in the description of the last episode, which is our first episode, technically. It's just uh, two dudes that want to talk politics and grab coffee on Saturday mornings together. So it's like, you know, it's like interesting because we have this new, I guess, era that just record everything you do. It's like everybody, your life is so public, but it's like you're having a conversation with your friends and it's like, it could be a conversation with your buddy, but, you know, just record it. Just throw it up there for people. Yeah, I think if, if you don't, care about being an open book you know a lot of people just really cherish their privacy you know but if you don't care about um what you have to say if you don't care who hears it then then i love it i love it I mean, more yeah. people need to do it we, we need to be a little bit less private if we're gonna fix these problems 100 percent. anyway we're grabbing coffee we're having the same conversation anyway so might as well just throw it on on uh, a podcast so first thing we're talking about today obviously is in the news everywhere is clarence Thomas, Clarence, my corrupt ass, Thomas. And it seems like he's been corrupt for a long time. I mean, so it goes back for, you, you shook your head, Ross. You, you, you shook your head. Do you not think that this is a straight of corruption? Well, I do think it's corruption, but again, it gets to like Trump and these four investigations against him and, and the power of the media. Like I, I worked at the Cuyahoga County Justice Center for seven and a half years. Um, I've got to meet, know, and like all the judges. Like literally, there's 34 common pleas, I think 14 muni court. I, you could say, you know, I was friends with all of them. You know, went to numerous events, campaign events, and also like legal events, um, CLEs, continue, continuing legal educations. Um, and the one thing I'll say is that the judges are regular people, right? We say professional athletes, LeBron James is just a regular person. Well, guess what? Judges are regular people as well. And they do have these enhanced kind of reporting ethical rules, um, but they're also all imperfect. So I don't think it's blatant um, quid pro quo uh, corruption, if you or quid pro quo trade of like goods for judge rulings. But I do think it is kind of the natural influence of Clarence Thomas hanging out with super fucking rich people who want to f hang out with Supreme Court justices, if that makes any sense. And I think the other eight justices are also hanging out and possibly going on vacations that they do not pay for the airplane tickets, pay for their stays at the cabins or the hotels uh, with other super rich people, if that makes any sense. I don't think it's right, but I also don't think it's, hey, I need this ruling in this case. Sure, sure. and I, But... No, that that's just that's just old school cartoon. Maybe I have a, a ninety minutes to tell a movie corruption. To be honest with you, hey buddy, I'll give you ten thousand dollars if you do this for me. It's like, haha, this is you know they build a relationship over twenty years, and you know it goes back to like we just saw the other day that they brought out a um, an article. There, there was a report that there was a lot of land in Savannah, Georgia, that Clarence Thomas owned that the billionaire bought from him. So it's not quid pro quo. You know, he needed to offload a lot of land and just so happens that his billionaire buddy bought it and just so happens that his billionaire buddy, you know, um, takes him all around on vacations. I hate it, by the way. I hate it. I'm just being realistic about the fact that it's probably happening with the other eight justices. The other eight justices probably have friends who have little Hitler figurines and watch, you know, whatever Nazi shows they watch and, and all this things. And... You know, we're, we're an imperfect society, and I just think ProPublica, who's really been doing the reporting on this, you know, hey, let's dig deep. Why are they only digging deep on um, Clarence Thomas, Harlan Crow, is that the guy's name, yeah. and Matt Taibbi? You know, you know what I'm saying? I, I think it's, a, it's not a, a witch hunt. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the other eight justices and every judge that I know they go on vacations paid for by taxpayers or um, rich people. Right, right. No, I, look, and I, I agree. We said this uh, with you know Trump. We said this with we're going to say this with Clarence Thomas that the due diligence and care when it comes to being transparent about the corruption in air quotes or corruption and not air quotes within Congress within all branches of government needs to be applied equally because it is definitely it's definitely happening across the aisle and the unethical things that are happening if it comes to stock trades or so on and yes, so forth. Yes, that's a great example. Um, 
is something that we have to apply. The fact that we were talking about Dianne Feinstein this uh, this uh, week because Ro Khanna called for her resignation because she's just not showing up to the Senate anymore. Uh, it's reported that she has shingles. Uh, very sad, you know. She's been a you know a trailblazer for the past fifty years, uh, but you know she is at a point where she's not showing up to work, and this is affecting the legislative process. And but she has a net worth of two hundred million dollars. You know, same thing with like Nancy Pelosi. She's two hundred million dollars. Now I'm picking on Democrats, was to pick on on Republicans. Uh, Crenshaw, um, the Republican uh, representative from Texas, he just made fifty one percent returns on his Facebook stock buy before the government started putting the screws and tightening the screws on TikTok. I mean, just coincidence that <laughs> that's how that played out. Uh, it, it's just very interesting that there is all of this stuff happening, and then we're just only focusing on these one cases. And a lot of people are pointing to that. We just have outrage fatigue. It's just outrage all the time. Everything's in the, ne the next breaking news, the next mm -hmm. blow up, or the next, you know, whatever. It's the current thing. It's just too, it's too much. And every time you see something, it's kind of like ma mass shootings or school shootings. They are tragic. They are sad. But the fact is, is they're happening so often that we have fatigue about it. It's not, it's sadly, and it's real sad. It's unfortunately, it's becoming normalized. It's becoming a norm, exactly. That it's like, oh, another one happened. Be, like Columbine happened, it was a national mourning. Um, Sandy Hook happened, it was, a de devastated the country for, and it still does, you know, you know, we look back at that. But we keep having the same thing happen. And I think the people are just going like, oh, again, oh, again. And now it's, it's just turning off the news, not even paying attention to it, just letting it roll, slide by. And I think that's what's happening when it comes to, um, you know, the the corruption Clarence. within Clarence. Washington. I want I want to pose this question to you. I think we spoke about it on a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, but we didn't release it. My thing with campaign finance is I always think that it is not about who you raise from or how much you get from an individual, but how much is allowed to be spent by that individual when it comes to campaigning. Now, judges don't campaign. Right. And, and judges have nothing well, to do with, you know. And at, at that, on the federal level, they don't campaign. On the state level, they do. Okay, Supreme Court judges don't campaign. Right. So, you know, throwing Clarence Thomas and taking this aside from Clarence Thomas, I always kind of feel that it's better if we allow, it's better if we allow full transparency of these things without the um, rules applied, maybe. I'm just saying this. Without the rules applied that says you can't take money from this person, this person, this person, or you can't do this, or they can't buy you lunch, whatever, unless, uh, instead, offer full transparency so at least we know the connections they have. Right now, the way that we have it, because you're not allowed to do anything, and people already know that you're doing it, they just obfuscate it, they hide it, they throw it under the rug, you know? And so there's no transparency about who's actually involved. It's just like, oh yeah, no, I'm clean, but you're really not, it's just you're hiding it because you know it's illegal. So, it's, it's, so going back to like campaign finance, it's like, why is there a limit to donate to Congress uh, $3,300? I should be able to get a million dollars from Ross DeBello, run my campaign, and at least everybody knows, oh, Ross is funding his campaign. He must have a good relationship with Ross, and whatever Ross says, he probably is going to do. Well, uh, a couple things, a number of things. But the first thing is, you can get a million dollars from Ross DeBello if but Ross DeBello owns right. Fatheads and does Fatheads Pack or something like that, sure. you know, or or the Pack for Justice and Love. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then it's just my interest, right? And I have an alcohol interest in making, you know, keeping alcohol sales or gun sales legal or something like that. So it, what you're getting at is the hiding under the rug is the lack of transparency. And, and right. I completely agree with you that transparency would be a huge step in the right direction. I don't think it would be the full fix. I, I, I like your spending limit idea, but I also think... Um, the donation limit should be, the donation amounts should be limited. Well, let me, let me and again, I, I'm just posing this question and argument for conversation's sake, and I don't know if I have a definitive feeling on this. It's, but I kind of feel like when you make things illegal, what you do is you drive them under in, into back alleys or whatever. So back Black alleys, market, like, yeah. Black market or, or what have you. If it's drugs, you have people cooking. Prohibition cooking meth in their in their in their garage or you have prohibition exactly bathtub gin yep. um abortions you know yep. back alley abortions you know and and it's just because we make it illegal we don't have a a, a way that that's going to happen in a path of of either legality of safety of transparency or so on and so forth and so i think of when it when it comes to corruption and and money in politics we have this kind of weird way of obfuscating this 
money going to these candidates, like PACs. Now that's like a just dark gray money sort of thing. If you just made it, hey, anybody can give how much, however much they want. You, it has to be transparent. If if it isn't transparent, you don't you go you go to jail. Like this is the consequence if this is not. But we're saying like this is legal. Take all the money you want. But then the people. I think the thing is we don't trust the people enough to make good decisions. And I think that that is absolutely wrong. I think the people in mass as a, at, at scale make good decisions. The individual might make wrong decisions, but in mass, the American people, the democratic process that we have will make the right decision if you give them the information. I, I largely agree. I largely agree. I, you know, getting back a little bit to Clarence Thomas, I think people want to know who's pulling the strings. People want to know the puppet masters. Exactly. And, and transparency, again, is a huge first step in the right direction. Now, the mis the miseducation of America, or disinformation, whatever you want to call it, the division of sowing political divide, um, that's something that, again, I don't agree with. And I, I think that if you let um, Meta or, or um, Nike or whoever donate billions of dollars to both the, the RNC and the DCCC to continue the divide, um, you know, polarized issues, pro-choice, pro-life. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we all know all the polarized issues, but I think that that's where I almost think it's a sham, right? We have, we're trying to, we're trying to turn people against their neighbors, whereas these corporations that for Black History Month will put their BLM stuff up, for uh, um, Pride Month will put their, their rainbow colors up, but then they're going and donating to both you know, Ted Cruz and Sherrod Brown. And that's kind of laughable to me. I mean, that shows how big of a farce it is that, that these groups don't stand for anything except the bottom line, the, the money, the green color, not these other colors. And so uh, I think it's tough because Chick-fil-A doesn't want to alienate, um, you know, a customer base, right? We're seeing this now with Bud Light and Nike, uh, but candidates as well. Uh, Donald Trump, he wants to take money from the NRA but frankly, he wants to take money from people who want background checks or to ban guys. Like he wants their money too. You know what I mean? So um, I think transparency is a huge first step. I think the limits is is the ultimate step. Yeah. Uh, again, just going back to Clarence Thomas. I, I again, the, the reason why we don't know about this for twenty years is one. You know, media and local journalism and journalism has been run the right way, yes. uh, diluted, and big corporations and. There's not enough people to do the jobs. That's why how we get uh, George Santos in office too, because they're not doing. And we have that guy over in Columbus now that said he went to MIT, who didn't go to MIT. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so we we need journalism there. And so, but we also need to present the the, the information to the people. And I think the people will make the right choice. With, Agree. with that said, um, when we are obfuscating things because they're illegal, and you set these limits, um, I think that it's not allowing people to show truly who they are in a way that uh, allows for the information to be out there to show to give the people the choice and anyway i, I don't know i don't know what I'm, what I'm actually going at i'm just saying well, like i love your first point about the journalism because again my my point is you don't know what you can't see right that's why they called like uh free speech free freedom of the press laws and groups the sunshine laws right because you want to shine a spotlight on corruption, which will A, cause a punishment for the corruption, but B, then kind of limit people, limit your, your Clarence Thomases and your Harlan Crows from even attempting to do this kind of stuff in the future. So we, we need the better journalism, the better media, right? There's about, what is the trust in the media institution right now, right? It's probably under 20%. People are really, really, really fed up with the media because they're kind of, pissing you off about what they want to piss you off about and they're kind of keeping you positive on the things that they want you to stay positive on right like i'm not here to sow political divide or anything like that but a huge story right now is whether like how the main media institutions lied about or didn't chose not to cover the the hunter biden laptop right up before the election and people want like you said if you give people the information They'll make the right decision. They want to, we want to know. We assume a lot of these people are dirty, but you throw us, like you said, every news cycle, pissing you off about the next 
you know, the next this or that. We only get to be pissed off about what you're trying to piss us off about. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that the media portion of the spotlight, shining a spotlight on all nine justices equally, right? On both the Democratic candidates and the Republican candidates. We know that if Trump does something wrong or um, ridiculous, we know we're going to hear about it. We don't quite know that about Biden, right? So we need a fair media. We need a fair media. Well, you know, let me put this to something more local really quick about, um, about the media just basically doing their job for transparency. And I think that the recent Dan O'Malley, um, he is the local AFL-CIO leader, and he was suspended because of improper credit card use. Now, this is all alleged, obviously. Um, but, and, you know, I know Dan personally myself. You know, he's been, I mean, he's the local AFL-CIO leader and, you know, Port of Cleveland. And, He's and out so, of Lakewood, right? Yeah, yeah, he was on Lakewood City Council. He might have been the City Council president. Um, I could be wrong with that. Long story short is he's a very well-known person here in Northeast yeah. Ohio. And I've met him and seen him and spoke with him dozens of times. Um, but now there is a, you know, the journal, now there is journalist, the journalist, including.com and Plain Dealer, are looking into this alleged credit card use. Um, now, again, I don't know the rules of his job. I don't know about what he actually bought. They're really not saying that much. Um, however, this is the kind of journalism and transparency we want out there. Now, there is a difference between journalism, journalists and media going out for blood to try to find something that isn't a big deal, right? Just to ruin your name. Um, and then there is you know, them doing it because there's actual corruption or actual misuse of the people's trust and them highlighting that for the the people in the future i don't know which one this is mm -hmm. um but you know but i will say that that is something that we wouldn't have not have known if it wasn't for the media, media. Mm -hmm. right and i really do think that cleveland.com the Platon dealer does a decent job of looking at local issues well um i know you're not a big fan of them i'm, I'm not a big fan of, of cleveland.com and the Platon dealer at all matter of fact they're probably you know, I, I hate that you can't have hate in your heart, but they're one of the groups that I, I think the least of. But not the individual reporters, but the leadership, the anti-union leadership. Remember, they they broke their union. They fired all their union people. Uh, this is like seven years ago, maybe a little bit more than seven years ago. Okay. Uh, and, and so you are you are what you are. You know what I mean? You can't you can't do that and then say, oh, but we're here to talk about the striking workers in um what's that orange county shopping center they had a strike there you know starbucks strike here they're not for workers rights because they're not for workers rights it's that simple um now getting back to the media i can say um, i won't give details i won't give names on this but when i worked at the justice center with judges i definitely saw the plain dealer kind of hunting or looking for bad things about judges to kind of try and sully their name that right. wasn't there. That wasn't there. And these were upstanding people. So uh, I saw that in my own personal experience. So yes, I think very lowly of the plain dealer. And the, and I've met Dan only maybe like you count on one hand how many times I've met Dan, but I really like him. I really thought he's a think he's a stand up guy. Um, so I don't know that. And we'll have to. And that's that's the fun thing about the or I don't know a fun thing, but that's the somewhat legitimate thing about the court process, right? When you, you have to get all the facts out there, besides bringing the evidence, this and that, there are some procedures in place. Um, and that's why you don't want to do, uh, come to judgment, right? Before we know all the facts. But so I think we're two of the more disciplined folks looking at this like, oh, I'd like to see more. I'd like to know more about Clarence Thomas, the other eight Supreme Court justices, Dan O'Malley, things like that. It's really hard to keep you know track of all the news, but you know, we have, you know, we have a new uh, county executive, Chris Ronane. You know, Justin Bibb is the new mayor. You know, so there's a lot of positivity and a lot of, I guess, energy back in Cleveland for a uh, direction that Cleveland could go, a place that has been historically just mismanaged and historically um, downtrodden and on and just historically, you know, uh, economically in ruins. Um, but for decades, <laughs> for decades, yep. and so this why is, I ran. So, so we do have this, and I, and I and I really appreciate that we are getting. It seems as though we're getting a lot of tr transparency and a lot of trying to see behind the curtain of what these two administrations are doing for the city of Cleveland and Cuyahoga County. Do well, you think that AOC? Do you think that Clarence Thomas should get impeached as AOC is calling <clears> for? I don't. 
I think that... You uh, don't. Well, I mean, again, getting back to Dan O'Malley thing, we need to learn more, but we've learned a lot. We've, we've learned a lot, assuming all the facts to be true in these pro-publica stories. But I think that we all know that these judges get appointed for life. We all know that they have houses. We all know that they go on vacations. You know, we all now they are supposed to report where they have an interest and what they've gotten. So, like even a judge on Cuyahoga Common Pleas bench, if you take something that's worth fifty dollars, you're really supposed to document that and turn it on your ethics report. Right? Does it happen hundred percent of the time? No. You know what I mean? And these people are getting dinners a lot. You know what I mean? That they, they they now this is public knowledge. But the, the South Euclid judge, Gail Williams Byers, she got in a lot of trouble for this. You're going to Hawaii or you're going to Europe on the taxpayer dime. It's public, everybody knows about, but it's still excessive. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> I don't think he should be impeached <clears throat> based on what we know now. Again, the whole like Hitler figurines thing or whatever he had, that really kind of triggers me in my mind. Like, okay, they're painting this guy. They're, they're painting this. So like... They're really trying to smear hardcore. Like I'm not saying, I'm not saying uh, any of that isn't weird. I'm just saying again, the other eight justices have people probably in their family, right? They probably have an uncle that has huge, uh, you know, little figurines of of Nazi Europe back in the '40s or something like that. It's a big collectible situation. I don't know why. I'm not into it, but. Um, that's a fascinating time for folks and people. And um, it was just interesting to me that they went that route because when you're trying to make Putin the bad guy, all of the headlines is like, wow, this is worse than Hitler. This is worse than Hitler. And uh, I've just kind of been turned on to that. I've been kind of noticing that for many years now. So that was an interesting twist of the story. I tell everybody that runs for office, there's two things you never do. Is one, compare anything to um, Hitler and the Holocaust, never. You right. Just, you just don't. <laughs> and the other thing is you never compare anything to slavery. Just don't compare things to Hitler, the Holocaust, or slavery. Just yeah. don't do it. No matter right. how bad, just don't fucking do it. Right. <laughs> if you're so, right. But, but, but remember now, Clarence Thomas didn't do this. Some billionaire that's, um, you know, that's, buying houses is from him for $133,000 and taking them on extremely lavish excessive vacation. Well, he's a billionaire. Everything is, is yeah, la- everything's going to be lavish. Everything's lavish right. and but excessive. But it's not, it's not Clarence Thomas who's here um, talking about how Hitler did a lot of things right, right? Like like Kyrie or Kanye West. It's some don't, some puppet master. You know what I mean? And so... So if he's a puppet master, yeah, he should be impeached, right? The puppet master? How do no, you impeach cl- the puppet? Cl- Clarence Thomas. No, because... He's called him a puppet master, so who's the puppet? Right. Clarence Thomas. He's a puppet, yes. So yes. impeach him. He's not but supposed to be. He's a but, justice. But what I'm saying is all eight other ones, John Roberts. Uh, John Roberts, by the way, called for the Supreme Court to make more money back when he got, I think, appointed chief, chief justice of the Supreme Court. They make 265. They make two, they make more than enough. They're not, they're, again, these are not representative. They are not representative. See, and that's people. the thing. Here's the thing about being a justice. Like, first of all, 265, when it comes to government and, and how much money you make in government, the t- amount of time that you're there. And everybody goes, well, you're making a good salary, but you're there for a limited time and you actually take a, a, a chunk out of your career if this is not going to be a career, which it shouldn't be. It should, we should have two term limits on the Supreme Court as well. Um, you take six years off of your career, you make X amount of money, and then you have to try to find your career again. And if you don't find a career, you're kind of screwed. And, you know, so it's kind of like playing baseball, right? You go to, you go to the majors, you pay, play for five years, you injure yourself, now you're out. What do you do? Right. You know, you make yeah. Sure. People point to say, yeah, you made a minimum of five hundred and eighty something thousand dollars a year, but well, it's, you it's, don't it's, have any other skills now besides baseball. It's kind of like Bob to even go another level on top of what you just said, like Bob Feller, right? Back in the day, back in the day, and still with some countries now, there are, you had to go, you had to serve your country. You had to do like two years in the military in the in the prime of your baseball playing career. <clears throat> you had to serve. You know what I mean? So, of course, you should get a good payment. 265 more than enough. More than enough. So what I'm saying about that, it's, it's okay. It's an okay payment. Um, but, but when you are the, a Supreme Court justice, that payment is only the tip of the iceberg of what you can make by writing your memoirs, by writing books, to go on speaking tours, to do 
you know, X, Y, and Z. So the earning potential to pay somebody like the Supreme Court more is doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Because look, Clarence Thomas could put out a book every year for the next five years and will probably, there'll be New York Times bestsellers. Grabbing bags. 100%. Mm-hmm. And he can go on a speaking tours and, and still do his judicial duties. I think that there's no conflicts of interest in doing that, right? You just have to report it. You just gotta, you just gotta And there's document. some politicians that can do the same thing. Like, yes. you know, Bernie Sanders wrote a book yes. and he made millions off of it. Um, uh, Obama. Obama is the, the uh, a prime example. He made, an, I think, $100 million off of your that Your salary, when you're such a public figure, your salary is kind of a joke. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to downplay the amount that they make because the average salary in the United States, it's almost triple the average salary in the United States that they were making in Washington. But with that said, I'm not going to say that it is a a exorbitant amount of money. And especially since you have have two residences, one in Washington, one in, and you have to transfer, uh, you know, travel back and forth and so on and so forth. I'm just saying that like for some people like the Supreme Court, which is a niche position, there is no reason why they can't make a lot of money. So salary aside from that makes no sense. Well, I, I think one thing, I, you kind of gloss over, but I, I think maybe having a term limit, maybe maybe having an age limit on Supreme Court justices oh, is, 100% is smart and great. We have it in the judges here. Was it we seven, have it here. What is it, 70? Yeah, well, 70 for the elected judges. So the federal court judges still have the no age limit, just like Supreme Court justice. If you're in the Northern District of Ohio, you can be 95 and still doing what you want to do, if you want to do that. Uh, but state court elected judges, you cannot run for an election after you turn 70. You can serve, if you get elected and you're 69, you can serve until you're 75 and then you can't run again. So a lot of arbitrary, a lot of arbitrary stuff, but it makes sense. It works, right? We don't want 80, we don't want Biden and what's her name, uh, Feinstein. We don't want Feinstein in these positions, you know, when, when you have a job to do, a very serious job to do, and your health isn't any good because, you know what I mean? We don't, it's not ageism. Like, I don't mind Bernie. I don't, you know what I mean? But if, No, it's not ageism. It's not ageism. I, 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 don't, I don't like that word. If, it's like, it's like, there we have a, there's, let's just talk about what ageism is. Ageism is looking at somebody's age and then discriminating them to do a certain thing. But we do it all the time when, it, when it's on the opposite end of the spectrum. Under 18, everybody says you're a fucking kid. You can't take care, you can't do this, right? <laughs> because you're not old enough, you know? So it's like we have ageism on both ends of the spectrum. And it's the fact is, do we think that they're capable of doing the job? Right. And I would say that for some jobs, a 14-year-old kid or a 16-year-old kid shouldn't be able to do it. Even an 18-year-old kid shouldn't be able to do it. Um, and that's one discussion we're having when it comes to truck driving. Like, you should have some driving experience under your belt a lot more than just two years or just turning an adult and to be, be, be behind an 18-wheeler and tons of uh, cargo, which could be, you know, uh, very, um, not only expensive, but also hazardous. What I would say is... Feinstein out because of her current condition. Bernie, fine, still, seemingly. Clarence Thomas, I don't think he should be impeached right now. I don't know how old he is, actually, but do I want Clarence Thomas being on the Supreme Court when he's 102 years old? No, I don't. You know what I mean? So um, I think, again, getting, getting back to should he be impeached, I, I actually don't think that he should be impeached, and I think that we need more spotlight on the other eight. I think they're all puppets. I think they are all puppets. So I, I would agree with that. What I would do is I would open a congressional investigation on, on the Supreme Court. I don't know if that's even legal because of the separation of powers. I, I think it is. I think I think there's been Supreme Court justices impeached before, and it's, sure, and but, it's legislative. But, is it, but are you able as a as Congress to investigate the Supreme Court judges? I'm not quite sure, actually. Because we, we do have a separation of powers, and that seems like a weird constitutional thing. It's got to be somebody's duty on the check and balance system. I bet it's Congress's, and I bet they can open up an investigation. But then if it goes to the Supreme Court with that, it's like, if it's a constitutional uh, question, then it goes to a court. I mean, you're literally having a judicial right. system rule on if they're able to, you know, uh, exercise the you know, right to What is that, Marbury versus Madison? They gave themselves this power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, but I do think that because of this coming to light, I think there should be a full investigation as well as an investigation on the Supreme Court. Um, and then, you know, let the, whatever happens based off of evidence is whatever happens based off the, of evidence. And, you know, one thing I want to add on this is uh, kind of get, getting back to what I was saying about ProPublica and the media is you can almost see it being a battle of oligarchs, right? We talk about Meta versus TikTok. Uh, Meta and Twitter versus TikTok and who owns 
stock and all this in it. Well, guess what? The Wall Street Journal, who, which is a white right-wing publication owned by Rupert Murdoch, ProPublica comes out with all this stuff like, hey, he's got this donor giving him vacations and the donor owns all this World War II stuff, all this Hitler, uh, Nazi Germany stuff. Well, the Wall Street Journal and their owner all of a sudden starts coming out with this is, there's nothing wrong with this. And they've documented this. And that, so it's almost a battle of the puppet masters. You know what I mean? Amongst whose puppets are going to be kind of investigated, if you will, or, or the spotlight shined upon them. So that's one thing I want to point out. The Wall Street Journal clearly coming out in defense of Clarence Thomas, which is also, the whole thing is ridiculous to me. So. So let's uh, move for move on from Clarence Thomas. I mean, it's already been a damn half hour. Uh, but um, we, in this conversation, we mentioned Bud Light and the boycott, and Bud Light put um, Dylan Mulvaney, which is a trans activist, on their can for some kind of promotion or marketing thing. What's your take on it? Oh, they they can do whatever they want. Um, but I think the 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 response to first of all, I don't think that they are supportive of, of the LGBTQ community. That's one thing I want to say. And that's something I feel about AOC. That's something I feel about Joe Biden and the black community. I think that uh, virtue signaling is not being supportive of. And so um, <clears throat> I don't think that Bud Light supports the LGBTQ community. Secondly, from a corporate standpoint, um, I, I don't know the numbers on their sales and things like that. I know that there's been public backlash, public, you know, Again, we, we've, we've seen this in the past with Chick-fil-A, right? Um, so from a corporate standpoint, it's kind of confusing me because really these CEOs, they kind of get fired if they don't continually make profit. That's, that's your one job, profit, 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 profit. And it seems like there's a, there is a group of people saying, I'm done with Bud Light. I'm done with Bud Light. Now, what I would argue is, first of all, Alcohol is not necessarily healthy, right? Uh, if you if you have a uh, uh, a pregnant wife or something, they say, "Oh, you can't drink alcohol." Well, you have a, a fetus growing. So I think that what they really what we really should be more doing with Bud Light is saying, "Hey, are you exploiting you know people who drink too much? Are you exploiting people who drink much? Do you really care about the LGBT community?" And, you know, uh, violence, like I said, Cleveland was one of the first places where we started seeing trans people be murdered like once a year. Um, You're all over the place. I have no clue. I'm not following you anymore. Well, wait, wait, I'm wait. all over the place, but I, I just, uh, <laughs> I, I don't mind people boycotting Bud Light. I'm not going to boycott Bud Light. I drink Bud Light. It's not going to change because they, they did this promotional marketing thing. But I, I just think right now it's stoking a lot of Madness, like the drag brunches, it's stoking a lot of madness and divide. And I don't know why Bud Light did it. Um, that's that's what I'm saying. I don't even know why they did it because they. I don't believe they care about the LGBT community, and I don't believe it's going to raise profit for them. So I don't get it. So, I I, I do get it why why they did it. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, they've already spoken about this on Joe Rogan. Uh, they already sp we're speaking about it right now. They've spoken about it all on every media site, um, every political talking head or uh, commentator, or it, everybody has spoken about this. And Bud Light's not dumb. They're a multi-billion dollar corporation with a lot Anheuser of people. Bush is the, the head in, company. InBev, in they're, they're, not, they're not dumb. Is it, is it a high? I think it's Amheuser-Busch, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, long story short is, is they're, 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 they're they're not stupid. So they calculated the risk to reward with this very carefully to say, even if we lose this many people because they're upset, how much is this going to be in marketing dollars? And I would assume that they did a cost benefit analysis based off of the, the potential loss of revenue to how much they would have to spend to get this much earned or unearned media. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Earned media. Right, right, right. So this is, this is earned media. It costs them absolutely nothing but to, right. to, to print cans with, uh, Dylan Mulvaney's face on their can, and now it's everywhere. So what kind of marketing campaign would have, how much would this have cost to get on Joe Rogan, to get in uh, Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, breaking points? It would have cost billions. It would right. cost billions. So they just basically for free, for free, um, got on the air of every, everyone. And now they're, everybody's talking about Bud Light. 
And so I think that, I think they're going to write off any losses if they do make some. They just saved a shit ton of money on marketing, um, and they have came out with one of the best, I think, viral campaigns uh, to get their brand out there in the in, in the past decade. Okay, so you basically just answered my concerns. Like that's that makes all the sense in the world, right? When um, who's the guy that ran for Senate? Josh Mandel. When he like leaves his hands black in a photo, you know what I mean? Or they put his head on head on a black body or something, and everybody thinks, whoa, oh, when they do the Four Seasons landscaping with Trump and Giuliani, and everybody's like, how could they do this? This was so stupid. Well, what are you talking about? You're talking about them. What is everybody talking about? I mean, it's the same thing with Trump getting indicted. I mean, the king of earned media, Donald Trump. Exactly. I think that you just answer. And again, maybe you're saying, well, they went on Rogan. They're basically admitting this. Um, no, they didn't go on Rogan. They Rogan, got, Rogan. Rogan was talking about it. Rogan was talking about Bud Light without Bud Light having to pay to advertise. Right. On the, exactly. The king of earned media is Donald Trump. That makes a lot of sense to me. I, I, I think this is a big nothing burger. I think that they wanted to start this weird conversation. I think it was cooked up in a boardroom with a lot of number crunchers, and they said, "Hey, this is the cost-benefit analysis. We're gonna either we pay for a, you know, a vanilla marketing campaign. This is gonna cost billions to get across the country, like we want to make, or we do something that's gonna totally blow the socks off of everybody. And so, what if we lose some uh, bigoted people that don't want to drink Bud Light because we put the person on the can?" Like, does it matter? <laughs> it really probably doesn't matter in, the long, in, in, their, in their bottom line in the long run. And yeah. it's kind of like you said with the Chick-fil-A thing. Um, we all know Chick-fil-A is, is it anti-abortion or anti-LGBTQ? No, I think, I think LGBTQ. Anyway, they're anti- They're anti-gay marriage back in the time, I think. Was it anti-gay marriage? I think. Don't okay. quote me. It do, <laughs> see, and that's the thing. Time heals yeah, all wounds. Yeah, time heals all wounds, yeah. Exactly. So you know what? I ate Chick-fil-A last weekend. Yep. Chick-fil-A is absolutely delicious. Um, and I think that people just forget that. So it, it really doesn't matter. No, dude, I think you're exactly right. I, I think that you hit that. Because one, one of my questions was, hey, a CEO will get fired if they literally do not continue to increase profit. So what you're saying is they did the cost-benefit analysis long in advance of this. They researched it. They thought about it. They said, hmm. Joe Rogan's pretty expensive to advertise on. I don't think he takes advertisement. How do you get on Joe Rogan? How do you get on Joe Rogan? The biggest platform in the United States. Yeah. How do you get talked about on Joe Rogan, right? Trump does it. Bernie Sanders, that was a big part I of I mean, Bernie's he does take campaign. advertisement, but he won't take... I, I doubt he would start advertising for Bud, Bud Light. I mean, so it's like, it's like, how do you get... But then again, it's not just Joe Rogan, but how do you get on everybody's how platform? How do you get on Deemer and DeBello? How do you get on Deemer and DeBello? Bro, exactly. this was a billion dollar... <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think you're exactly right. And, and that... You know how much I complain about that with the Republicans. I mean, they, they do earn media stunts, right? I did it, right? I tried to go through a table because the plain dealer wouldn't put me in the plain dealer. I tried to, to do a crazy stunt to get my name out there, to get some publicity. You're exactly right. I'm telling you right now, without me not even saying I needed to do more research on it, they did the cost-benefit analysis and they determined this is going to be good for our bottom line. This is going to be good for our bottom line. Or our brand. It is brand, yeah. brand equity at this point. And it doesn't really, and again, it, it doesn't matter. So whoever's not drinking Bud Light because of this, who cares? They don't care about you anyway. And, and when I'm Drink Miller Light. It doesn't matter to their brand. They're going to still kill it. Well, and, and the thing and is... And honestly, you, if you're not drinking it because of this, I think you're just a jackass. Well, you also may be thinking you're boycotting it and buying a platform or some lesser known beer. And guess what? Amheuser-Busch owns it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, th that's just a fact. Amheuser-Busch doesn't just own Bud Light and Budweiser. They own a ton of brands that you th think are the, the other brand. You know what I mean? So, um, like in the movie Tommy Boy, right? I'll buy your brake pads and I'll stamp your, you know, your name on it and I'll make the profit off it. So, um, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that makes a lot of sense. I want to I know what kind of what beers. The Anheuser-Busch family of beers. So, of course, Budweiser, Bud Light, Kona Brewing Company, Michelob. So, uh, I'm not going to drink Bud, I'm going to drink Michelob. Okay, well, you're... <laughs> you're giving us you'll, your, you'll your money. <laughs> Obviously, Bush, Stella Trois, Natty Light. Uh, let's see here. They have a lot of craft here. Um, Somebody just bought, you know, like, I don't know if it was Platform, but one of the local Cleveland ones, one of the big boys just bought. I think I think it was, yeah. I think it was Anheuser-Busch as well. Um, it was... Um, so that's the thing. I mean, think about it like that. What the hell that. was that brewery down there in Ohio City? Oh, man, I can't remember. Anyway, they just closed. They, yeah. Oh, it was Platform. 
Platform, yeah. Yeah, platform. But they closed anyway. I think they're yeah. done. But they're owned by Amheiser. They're still putting. They're still putting platform beers in Seven so. Elevens and stuff. Yeah, I think. I think they. I think they dropped them. You think they stopped producing platform? Yeah, I think. Oh, they bu- I shame. think they bought them a couple years ago and they stopped producing them. I don't think that's true, but uh, but it would. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just. I thought I've had plat- platform beer within the last six months myself. Well, yeah, I think it was really yeah. re- recent, actually. Yeah, um, right. I think it's recent as well. And, and the other point I want to make, on top of all of this, on top of all of this, is that Amheuser Busch doesn't care about you if you die of alcohol poisoning. Okay, you know they closed I mean? the close their tap room just last month. Um, it doesn't say anything about the Anheuser Busch not producing their beer, so. It, they're still selling this it stuff. Could, yeah, it's quite possible. I think we could leave, go to convenient, and buy platform right now. And we think we're buying platform. We would think we're buying. We would think we're. I'm not saying. I'm, I, like I said, I'm not boycotting Bud Light, but you know, you don't well, know I, these I would monopolies. Call you a jackass, if you were. Yeah, you don't know what these monopolies are getting close to being monopolies really all own. Um. Anyway, so there you go. There's our opinion on Bud Light. And I, and I think somebody that drinks. You know, like cigarette companies don't care about the well-being of smokers. I don't think if you're kind of a, a person who's an alcoholic and you slug a case of Bud Light every night, A, I don't think you're going to change. B, I don't think you're going to change to a non-Amheuser-Busch brand. And C, uh, you know, I don't think they, I just, I just think it's an unwell world. Where everybody wants to talk about sports gambling commercials and sports gambling being predatory. But guess what? Bud Light is predatory as well. I mean... <laughs> let's see here what else what else is on our list today for, to talk about let's go local let's get over to local we have jr majewski he is going going back in the race uh, against marcy captor um just a quick background for anybody who's listening to this uh hi mom the <laughs> our two listeners are is both of our mothers um we have marcy captor is a long-term uh congresswoman from ohio north northern ohio the Toledo area. She's been in office since 82. She's the longest serving female congressperson ever. J.R. Majewski is this, is a, is a MAGA Republican who ran to primary her, I'm sorry, to beat her out for Congress back in the 2022 general election. And the district that they were in, Ohio's ninth district, was drawn leaning red or a toss up. So basically, he was whoever was the Republican in that district almost was given a seat. He got his ass kicked, fifty-six percent to like forty-four, fifty-six point something percent to forty-three point something percent, and he, he he lost by he lost majorly, even in a district that was leaning toward red. Uh, in, in comparison, my district was uh, leaning was way red. <laughs> it was like a seven-point red, uh, ten-point red district, and uh, we did better than he did. So he was a disaster, but he's coming back out to run against Marcy Captor. I think that he is delusional that if he's going to think he's going to believe, beat Marcy Captor in a race. What do you think? Well, I think a couple things or a number of things, but number one, are they changing the, the maps of the district at all? Or will it stay the exact same as they, what just happened? We, no, they do need to redistrict again. Okay. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, two, whether they keep it the same whether he lost 75-25, 56-43, I wouldn't quite, as somebody who's lost very badly, I wouldn't quite refer to it as delusional, but I would say, what policies are you really fighting to change? You know, are, are you just in this because you want to be famous? Or do you have, uh, you know, yeah, what, do you want to be able to write a book as a cash cow someday? Or um, are you really fighting to change a policy right now that has led to all these shootings, right? Led to all, led to all this inequity. What what are, what is your why? Well, obviously, you know? you're just saying Democratic talking points or progressive talking points when you said that. Obviously, he's running for MAGA points. Which, if you're running against Marcy Captor, he definitely has a why. Um, and you're right. I shouldn't have said delusional, and I want to take that back. Everybody should be given a fair shake when they run. Um, we were both underdogs ourselves. And we were called delusional, and I think that that was derogatory and offensive, and I, I want to take that back. I was going to say I'm sorry, well, Jeremy Majewski, yeah. but no, I'm not going to apologize to Jeremy Majewski. No, no, yeah, we're, um, we're all human, and we're, we're all trying to do better. I, I just, and yes, I like you just brought up a good example. I, I only brought up progressive policies that I, you know, I'm trying to change. So, but, but that's kind of my point. Like, do you are you genuine about having a backbone that's trying to change? 
the direction of the country. You know what I mean? And I think I think he is. He is actually trying to change the direction of the country. Um, and he has his policies that he is absolutely working for. With that said, um, I think that his last campaign. Here's the thing: his last campaign was a disaster because uh, it it started off where he was probably going to be the favorite to win, and then he was caught. Let me let me say this: he was allegedly caught lying about his military record. Right. Right. And so people were like, and Republicans especially were just like, if you're going to lie about your service, to, like that is absolutely unacceptable, and we're not going to support you. And everybody backed away from him three months before. He's coming out and uh, saying that this was a DNC Marcy Captor ploy to disparage my name, and all of this is made up. They just put that out there um, as a complete, complete lie. This is what he says. What's the truth? I have no clue because I didn't deep dive <laughs> that much um, into it. And I don't know if you actually... We should, we should have him and Captor on. We should have them both on separately. I think we should have them both on at the same time. <laughs> they probably wouldn't do it, but we should do that. Um, which would be a, which is a shame. Uh, but we, I, would, I would definitely talk to both of them separately, 100%. Um, so I, I think that the only path to victory for him is to figure out a way to prove his record. And that's going to his military buddies, to his superiors, and get them on air, get them on camera, get them in writing that says, no, this was a lie. If he can't do that, he has no shot because he already lied about his service. I, 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 and I don't think that any Republican would, first of all, I don't think he would win the, the, the primary. He wouldn't get out of the primary if, yeah. he can't, if he can't clear that up. We'll have to see if he'll have a primary. Because Captor is looked at as, as again, longest serving she doesn't lose. She wins every two years. Because she's yeah. a nice lady. She, I mean, look, again, I believe in term limits. But I did an event. I just started my campaign. It was um, Tim Ryan, her, and myself. And I, and I spoke first before she did and then before Tim Ryan did. And, um, you know, I was nervous. I haven't done stumps before. I was, I, like, so it was my first time. And, she, and after it, she said, hey, good job. She, you know, she, was, she shook my hand. She held my hand. She looked me directly in the eye, and she just gave me her full attention. She's like, you know, she gave me some pointers. She said, what's your, what's your tagline? And she started to try to work through, like, a tagline for my campaign. She's like, mm, that sounds okay. Hmm, let me think about that. You know, and she was just a sweet, welcoming individual. Like, I, like there's some caring people out there, and when it came to somebody who gave me, like, 100% of their attention for a, a small time, Marcy Captor. I was um, pop popping around Northern Ohio for the campaign, and uh, one of her staff members was working with another campaign, Joe Miller, who's representative out of Lorraine, um, state representative. And she was telling me about working for Marcy Captor. And she's like, yeah, you know, we're Mar me and Marcy were out on the road, you know, this whole time, whatever, um, the whole day, just going to different events. And she got home, and her car was dirty because they went through the mud and all kinds of stuff. And she said, she said that Marcy Captor got out of her car because they, she went to, she dropped her off at, she, they were in her car, the, the staffer's car, dropped her off at her house. Marcy got out of the car, got the hose, took the hose out and started washing off her car and said, hey, you know, it was really hard work today. Sorry, your car got dirty. We're talking about an, uh, a 40 year old older lady that is the most, one of the most senior congresspeople in Washington, DC was washing a staffer's car. I mean, it, those stories you just can't make up. So. She's, that's why she's winning, because I think she's just a very nice, relatable. Um, she might be a little bit behind when it comes to uh, behind the times and things like that because of her age, but no, not one person I said I heard anything bad about her. She wasn't authentic. She wasn't a nice, caring person. That's why she's winning. Fair enough. And, and, and um, I don't think I ever met her or anything like that, but I haven't heard anything you know, bad about her or anything like that. I haven't heard anything bad about yeah. her. No, no corruption, no weird things, no well, scandals, no... I haven't heard any corruption. I mean, yeah. and if, if there is, it's kind of like, you know, she's wheeling and dealing for 40 years in Washington. There's something will come up. But she's also not really extreme either. She's not like, she, she, her biggest thing is protecting the lake. And she wants to see a, a train system that goes across the northern Ohio to, to connect Cleveland and Toledo and bring people to all these great scenic areas. And to be honest with you, I have to, hey, I, uh, go, go as, Mercy. As somebody who sees that the people want term limits so super badly. Um, I just think she's been in since 82. She, cause she could be fighting for it today. She said, hey, you know what I mean? Like she could be a zealous advocate, but she's had quite the opportunity to do that. I, I, I just think that A, J.R. Majewski should have a 
dogged primary. I think that Marcy Kaptur should have a dogged primary. I think it should be very public. Like we just said, we should bring them up. I think they should be doing numerous debates. The Tim Ryan um, primary versus Morgan Harper and all that, to me that was farcical, right? We're starting to see that with Biden. There, will we have a real primary where people well, get farcical. to choose? <clears throat> it just was farcical. They, Tim Ryan is, was far to the right of the two other Democratic candidates. And he sure. dominated the Democratic primary. That, that doesn't even make sense. And, and uh, Morgan Harper had to debate Josh Mandel because he would not debate her for months. He wouldn't even debate her. That doesn't make any sense. That's anti-democratic. Uh, again, the county executive race, Ronayne versus Weingart. One debate. He challenged him to 12. Do the 12. You know, do the 12. Let's shine a spotlight on what are you for, what are you against, what are you trying to change? Why has the status quo been going the, the way the status quo has been going? You know, when again, when I think a heavy majority of both parties' voters do want term limits, you know, and so again, it, it, I just think we need a more robust accountability for long-term candidates, including Sherrod Brown. I just want to go back and say yes, term limits. Well, one of, my, <clears throat> one of my things with Marcy Kaptur, um, and again, I have nothing but glowing things to say about mm -hmm. her, is because I met her personally multiple times and her staffers. Um, and they're just all amazing people. Um, one thing that I will say, though, that Marcy should be doing right now, and I don't know if she's doing it, is she needs to be setting up a replacement. Yes. And, uh, and mentoring somebody and tutoring them and making sure that they're there to take over from her. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think that it would be only smart to do it sooner than later. Um, you have a democratically, so you have a Democrat held seat right now in Ohio's ninth district. If she something bad happens to her or she gets ill or so on and so forth, it's not for sure that that seat is going to be held by a Democrat. The reason why it's held by a Democrat right now is because Marcy Captor is Marcy Captor. A new Democrat, I don't think, could beat say um, uh, J.R. Majewski because of. Uh, the support that maybe he could get. I'm sorry. It all depends on the national support that somebody would get in that race. I, I think that's number one. And number two, I think that, you know, um, you don't have to even gamble with this if you just got the right person to succeed her. In, 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 and again, that's not really democratic at all. And I would have an issue of like, oh, well, they just promoted that person and whatever. But um, it would be the smart thing to do. And I don't know if that's happening. I, don't, I haven't yeah. seen it happen. Uh, if, you, if you want democratic control, if you think that's going to help the country, then I do think you're right about that. Um, one other thing I want to say about um, this race, I don't kind of want to assume that the result would be the same because it's the same two people and he had this thing come out about his military background questions. That's what lost because, the race. Right, right. But again, he also had probably had a lot of R's staying home in a non-presidential, right? So next time Trump's gonna be on the ballot, he's a Trump candidate. So if you were a Trump candidate that just said, eh, I don't mind Captor, you know, I, I'm not, or I'm just not, forget about it. I don't even know what's going on. I'm not going to vote. I do not like these people, right? But if two years down the road, the main guy, the main MAGA guy is on the ballot against Joe Biden, you know, your bad Democrat that's ruining everything, but about about FJB, uh, then a Majewski voter that maybe just was like, ah, eh, fuck it, I'm not voting today. I'm not voting this month. You know, two, uh, it wasn't even two years ago at this point, but we'll be in another two-year stretch. When Trump's on the ballot, that's definitely going to help Majewski. I mean, obviously, voter turnout goes up. I mean, I think that's just an obvious statement. Um, I don't know if it's going to help or hurt him by Trump being on the ballot. What I will say is that, again, this goes back to the voter. I don't think that the voter is dumb. No, I think that the voter in in um, in numbers votes properly, and Emma Juski put a bad taste in the vote, voter's mouth. I mean, he was literally neck and neck with Captor until that came out. And if in the only way, if he is one hundred percent telling the truth, he has to get it documented that he is telling the truth. If he doesn't do that, and if he can't do that, he's lost. That's fair. He is I mean, one hundred percent lost. I, I mean, I mean, it'll be he'll lose the primary because the other thing is again, just like with George Santos, right? You may, uh, things change, right? So two months before voting starts, right? We could finally see the Marcy Captor corruption story. You know what I mean? You see, just the, never know. And the thing is, and like, let's compare this to my race, right? Um, for my district, that was already uh, uh, seven to 10 leaning red. Like 
they chose the, the, the Republican candidate. And that was expected for the most part. This one was a toss up. This means that there was a lot of people that just, that just was like, nah, that guy, nah. And that's an issue. Anyway, let's move off of JR, man. I'm, I'm just sick of talking about JR and, and, and all that stuff. <clears throat> I want to talk about Brown Stadium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> First Energy is backing out of, the, out of the naming rights of Brown Stadium. Um, everybody probably knows the corruption story, HB6. Uh, basically, First Energy bribed a lot of electric officials to pass some laws that's going to pump money into their pockets. We don't need to talk about that because it's kind of old news. I guess the interesting thing is, who would you want to name the stadium? Who do I want the stadium to be named? Or, or who do you want to name it? Oh, well, um, I think... I, I have a top two. Well, I mean, unfor I think that it's going to go to... The Browns are going to name it, you know, and they're going to take money from a different corporation. Well, no shit. I'm asking what corporation are you, you want to see Who do I it? want to sponsor the stadium name? What, what do you think I was asking? I, who do you want to name it? Was you, I, I didn't know you were saying... Who do you, yeah, what name gonna, do you want who, on it? Who do you, yeah, who, somebody's going to come over there with a lot of money and, yeah. and say, I'm going to name the stadium, and the Browns are going to take whoever gets the most money. If it's Ross DeBello, they'll name it Ross DeBello Stadium if you give them enough money. Well, who, I, I what name do you want on the stadium? Um, I, you know, I wouldn't, they could do progressive again. Um, so progressive, progressive, stop. I, I'm just saying, I, you would want a good Northeast Ohio-based employer to then market itself, you know, become more popular, do more business, hire more people because their name was on it. I, right. I'm so not, who? I'm a little bit against kind of like a, a Cleveland Clinic or whatever, uh, some of these corporations, but what are the biggest, what are the biggest uh, employee corporations in Northeast Ohio beside Cleveland Clinic? Um, Sherwin-Williams. Sherwin-Williams. I mean, that's, the, I, I, I'm going to have problems with all these corporations. What's wrong with Sherwin-Williams, man? They make paint. Well, they they take my my tax dollars. You know, they, that's what's wrong with them. They take my tax dollars. I think it should be going to public school, public transportation, things like that. But they hold the city hostage and they grab a bag. So like we're talking about writing a book to make a bunch of money. They will say, "Hey, we're moving unless you give us millions of dollars to stay." And they give them my tax dollars. You know, it's, it it is April fifteenth today. Oh, it is. It is April fifteenth. Did you do your taxes? Yes, I did. I'm proud to say. Good man. Good you know, man. so so again, I'm I'm somebody that before I ran, I really started to take an accounting and imagine what are my tax dollars going toward. You know, and I think they should be going to public schools, public transportation, public parks, your roads. You know what I mean? I don't think they should be going to the Browns to the Cavs, to the Guardians, and to Sherwin-Williams. Oh my God, you turned a fun conversation into a fucking snore fest, Ross. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Uh. Well, I just, think, I just think it should be named Cleveland Brown Stadium. I mean, that's who owns it, right? Clevelanders, that's what it is. It's the Brown Stadium. So I don't want it to be progressive football field or Cleveland Clinic field. I think it should be Cleveland Brown Stadium. You know, I always hated that transition where it's a company's name. Like, I don't know when that happened, like, in the 90s, 2000s. Like, we used to have Jacobs Field. Yes. Right? Um, and that was named after somebody, or was that Jake Jacobs, the owner. Right, right. It yeah. was, it was, it the was, old owner, yeah. Right. And so it was, it was, I still call it the Jake every yeah. once in a while. But I, I always liked it when it was the name of somebody. And you can, like, oh, there's a legacy. I like that idea. But I don't know who that person would be. I haven't thought that much. But I, I thought Sherwin-Williams would be a good one because they are a Cleveland-based company. Um I wanted to see Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> Elon come in and throw come, a bunch of money at. Yeah, that. I don't know why he would he would put a, a not. I don't know why he would put his name Tesla's name on um, Cleveland Stadium opposed to something like in Texas or. If people in Cleveland buy Teslas, I mean, it should be a consideration. I mean, you saw so getting the, that foreclosure mortgage crisis, right? You had you have all these mortgage companies that sponsor these stadium names all throughout the country. So uh, or Quicken Loans, you know, Arena, things like that. So. Um, I, I think it should be Cleveland Brown Stadium, or like you said, or after a person's name, right? It could be Jim Brown Stadium. You know what I mean? Paul Brown Stadium. There, there could be famous Browns, but they, the Haslam's would have to do that out of the goodness of their own heart and not take a check. You know? No, they're not going to do that. <laughs> they're not going to do that. Those guys are, they, they, they are very, very money motivated. Yeah, and then, and part of why this first energy thing won't continue, they're not going to sign a new contract, is because. They expect it to still be taxpayer funded, right. and taxpayers are sick of this shit. Uh, I don't know if they are. Oh, really? I don't know if they are sick of it. Well, okay, let me. That's the thing. I think I think if you're giving uh, the taxpayers the choice of losing the Browns 
or paying for a new stadium, I'm not too sure how that would fall. I think I know it, how I will think of it. I don't know. I know how most people in, in Cleveland think about it, but I don't know about the county in general. So that, I'm glad you said that because I think that there's a difference of opinion in the majorities, or if you were to do polling on this, between the county people, and which is you, right, and the city people, which is me. Right. And I think that my neighbors in I Cleveland, I think my neighbors in Cleveland, like, and this, and this was shown in the syntax vote way back in the day, um, the Cleveland voters would be like, get the fuck out. You owe a duty to a community. This community is going backwards, not forwards. Our tax dollars are meant to get, keep the community going forwards. And so get out. But I think the county, right, which is Bay, all the way out to, all the way to like Gates Mills, to Chagrin Falls. Yep. I think the county, and then these other counties that border on Cuyahoga County, of course, you would all say yes. Of course, you would all say yes. I know I wouldn't say yes, but I'm just saying in the in the, the, the majority in all those places, right. yeah, it would, would would say no. We're gonna keep keep Cleveland, uh, and obviously there's a whole there's many reasons for that when it comes to expendable income, who's getting taxed, uh, the priority of, of dollars and where they should be going, and what you feel about that. I mean, look where I live. We have we have base schools, which are great schools. We have uh, good property values. We have library. very low crime. We're in the library right now, which with a, in a little study room that's newly renovated for fifteen million, newly built for fifteen million dollars. Um, you know, tax dollars well spent. Yeah, there's there's nothing here wrong here. The only thing that we would see is the Cleveland Browns leaving there is we don't have a place to take our families or cl our clients, um, and now we don't have a Brown Stadium. We don't. We have everything we need. You know, if the schools are bad, if the roads were bad, if we didn't have, you know. Parks. Parks, which we have m more parks than people in, this, in, in Bay Village. <laughs> um, it would be a different story, I, I think. So, and the same thing with Chagrin Falls, the same thing with Solon, the same mm -hmm. thing with, you know, a lot of different of. Uh, Cleveland so, Heights. 100%. Yeah, so, so nuanced, nuanced issues. But, yes, to, sorry I got off track there. I, Cleveland Brown Stadium. Cleveland Brown Stadium. That's what I've always, that's what I've, that's what I've always called it anyway. I've never called it. From when it was Muni never. to now, I've never called it First Energy Stadium. No, I always call it Brown Stadium. Yeah, it's Brown Stadium. It's always been Brown Stadium. So, Muni. just like you still call the Jake the Jake, it's Progressive Field, you know? I, My I, joke I, on Twitter was I call it Regressive Field because these are regressive taxes, but... I still call it the Gund, too. The Gund! The Gund Arena! And, I, and my favorite place of all time where I, I was raised as a sports fan was Richfield Coliseum, you know? So, yeah, Richfield Coliseum. Uh, and these, a, these bring up good memories. I understand why people want the I saw sports the, team. I saw the Ultimate Warrior in a WWF Monday Night Raw there at um, Richmond. That is awesome. I think I went to like a Survivor Series or something. Yeah. You know? And I carried, one year, I was like seven or something, I carried the flag out in front of Sergeant Slaughter. Are you serious? I swear to God. <laughs> That's awesome, man. It was, it was, I'll never forget. Sergeant like Slaughter seven. was the man. They pulled me out of this. The, they asked my parents, can he do this? They brought me to the back, and I met Sergeant Slaughter, and I carried the American flag out in front of him for his entrance music. Are you serious? I swear to God. That's so cool, man. <laughs> All right, so now, before we get off, old school wrestlers, who are your favorites? Um... So like when I was a little kid, yeah, I would say uh, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man, Mr. Perfect, uh, Mr. Perfect. Ro Roddy Piper, um, and then a little bit older, like Razor Ramon and like Bad Guy Hulk Hogan. Bad Guy Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Bad Guy Hulk Hogan. That's interesting. Ultimate Warrior was my oh, favorite. Oh, Steve Austin, Stone Cold. I hated Stone Cold. <laughs> I hated Stone Cold. Um, <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to get some hate for that one. Um, yeah, I've never even heard that. I've, that's the most unique take I've ever heard. I, I, just, I hated Stone Cold Steve I just, I just didn't like his performance. I just didn't like him. Like, I just didn't like him. I did like The Rock. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a reason he's the... Isn't he the highest paid actor now? He probably is. You got some rock to you. You got a little bit of... You could be an actor, I uh, think. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank <laughs> you. So, yeah, Ultimate Warrior. Um, I liked uh, the Hitman, Bret, Hitman Hart. Oh, yeah, I did too. I left him out. I um, did too. I liked... Uh, I, I I like Ted Ted DiBiase. Million Dollar Man. Everybody's got a price. That's kind of my my political philosophy now. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> and then um, uh, who was the tag team that I really liked? I, um, the Rockers. The Rockers. I like the Bushwhackers. The one of the guys just died. One yeah, he did. Man. <laughs> the Bushwhackers. Yeah, one of the guys did die. That's yeah. too bad. But yeah, I like the Rockers. It was at Marty Jannetty and. Shawn Michaels, and Shawn, it was uh, Heartbreak Jannetty Kid, yeah. And, it was a Marjorie and Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels right? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um, loved his entrance music, Shawn Michaels' entrance music. Once he became a singles guy, remember, remember, um, 
Who's the guy that did the suck it? Uh, Triple H? Yeah, it's Triple H. Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Triple H is like the boss now. He's like Vince McMahon's daughter's husband. Oh, no shit. Yeah, he's like the boss now. Well, I, I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up because, uh, yes, I did carry the flag in front of Sergeant Slaughter, but the more that I kind of went um, through my debates and then I watched the debates on TV and all this, I really, really, really compare it to professional wrestling. Like good guy Hulk Hogan, bad guy Hulk Hogan, for me is like a really big um, eye-opener about what politics is. And so Vince McMahon can tell Hulk Hogan to act like this. Vince McMahon the billionaire can tell Hulk Hogan to act like this and to say these things on these topics. And Ted Turner, billionaire, can give oh, Hulk yeah. Hogan a new script. It's a story arc, man. It's Dude, just... I think it's very important. I don't. Getting back to the Bud Light thing, I don't think they care about LGBTQ people. Did you see that people. W, uh, UFC just bought WWE? Well, I saw a company bought both, I thought, UFC and WWE. Oh, is that what happened? Or was it the company that owned UFC I now it was the added? Company. I think that's what gotcha, happened. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, think that's, I think it's brilliant. I've been watching a little bit about that, and a lot of people are saying, like, look, it's really cool because now you can have the WWE writers and their storyboarders make the stories for the fights in the UFC, so you can have this whole, like, build up to these uh, uh, UFC fights. Also, I think what's really cool is once you retire from the UFC, because you only can get hit in the head so many times. Oh, yeah. You know, you have this transition straight to WWE, and now you can just start working there in a little bit of, you know, lighter. Dude, I'm a, I'm a pretty big UFC fan, but I haven't, like, bought a pay-per-view in maybe, like, five years or something. But Brock Lesnar of course, and um, CM Punk and these guys, of course they should, if, especially if you're going to make, like, a super shitload of money as well, or more with the WWE. I mean, I'm not telling people how to do their lives, but of course it's a perfect partnership. Of course it's a perfect partnership. partnership. Because, and then like you said about the WWE writers, kind of like what I was just saying, the the scripts, right? Like why is Conor McGregor good, uh, like their biggest, arguably their biggest star ever? Not really because he's the best UFC fighter ever, but because he's the best promoter of, I want to see this guy either kick his opponent's ass or get his ass kicked. And that, I'm telling you, that is Trump Biden. That is Trump Biden. That's what it is. I hate this guy or I love this guy and he needs to win. It's and not I, about policy change. And on that note, Ross, uh, I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Sounds good.